Hi everyone and welcome to the very first proper episode of Let's Be Honest, the hospitality podcast about the most important thing in the whole world, people. What, you don't like people? Come on, some of them are okay, aren't they? Hopefully by now you have listened to the intro piece from last week. If you have, that's wonderful and thank you. If not, now might be a good time to go back and have a listen. It's a very short episode that will set the tone and make sense of all my verbal chutney. Besides, have you ever skipped the intro to a book and just dived into chapter one? Then later you go, this is a bit shit, this book. It makes no sense. That's because you skipped the intro. I'm just saying. Back to today and the rise of the machines. Now, these are the machines that could potentially replace you. Depressed? Don't be, because together we can beat them. So, I have a small glass of something cheerful next to me. Yum yum. Just to lubricate my throat, I'm sure you understand. So, if you're ready, let's see if us tiny little humans are any good, shall we? Welcome again to Let's Be Honest. So, the rise of the machines. I wish I could tell you that we were going to talk about Terminator movies, but we're not. Well, maybe a little bit. Trust me, I'd love to, but we have a little bit of work to do. The machines that I'm referring to are the machines that are replacing you. Sorry to be a bummer. Well, that day, it's actually already here as far as I'm concerned. Can we stop the rise of the machines? No, probably not. However, we can slow them down and certainly work with them. We can even control them. But that situation needs your help. That's human help, by the way. I say it this way because I believe hospitality is one of the few industries left that really, genuinely needs people. Of course, that still doesn't mean we're not going to fuck it all up in the end. Please, allow me to explain. The machines, at the supermarket at the movies, and now dictating things at your favourite bar, restaurant and cafe. I, for one, never thought I'd see it, but life moves forward so quickly these days. As does technology. As our mate Elon said, AI is far more dangerous than nukes. It's coming. Just like change. Some like it, some don't. Now, I think a lot of the younger generation... They pretty much dig a machine, and why not? Because they think they are in control of the situation. But I wonder, who's the real master? I think we know the answer to that one. There are two main reasons why machines are rising, certainly in hospitality. One reason, as suggested, is technology. Nothing you can do about that. It's a constant changing world, and we need to keep up. The second reason is, well, us. Humans, and in this case, the staff, we have to take some form of responsibility for what's happening and what got us to this point. So what is happening? Why are we using so many machines in hospitality now? Well, for a start, to stay relevant, of course, and because machines can assist with the efficiency and cost-cutting of a business, especially when it comes to staff, which we all know is a huge cost for any hospitality establishment. Now, this is a worry, because for me, the staff are the lifeblood of the industry. Well, they fucking should be anyway. I also know I didn't need to swear there. 
At this point, I think it's important to say that this piece is really geared towards the staff more than the boss. Because the boss does love a machine, especially if it saves them money, and nothing wrong with that at all. But just how far they take it, I think, largely depends on you, the staff member. You don't think so? Okay, well, maybe it's time to get into it then. So, at the risk of repeating myself, I think we all agree technology is cool. And we're all for it. Hooray for technology. But do you think that we, the people, the staff, have played into the hands of the machines just a little bit? Is that at all possible? Have we as staff been, shall we say, shit on occasion by not wanting to work late on a Saturday because all our mates are out partying? Or possibly by not wanting to work on a Sunday because we're all so religious, right? That is until Sunday pays better and then our deep-held religious beliefs go down the toilet. Possibly by moaning and saying that we hate customers and sometimes being a little rude to them because they're rude to us. Newsflash, that's their job. They can't help it. Also by taking the industry for granted and not giving it the credit it deserves. Maybe just by moaning our fucking asses off because we think we're better than this. This being hospitality. So, do you give the industry any credit? Do you think the industry deserves any credit? Or is it possibly there just to serve your current needs? Hmm, okay. By the way, contrary to what you may be currently thinking, I am 100% on your side. I know it doesn't look that way at the moment, but just bear with me for a while. Remember, open mind and all that? So, is any of this at all possible? And are we taking any responsibility for any of this? Anybody? Bollocks. Am I by myself on this one? (laughs) This is going to be a lonely 20 minutes if that's the case. I realise that not many of us would ever admit or even be aware that we are contributing to the downfall of the service industry. But we are. And if you disagree, then you are either lying to yourself blind, never worked in hospitality, or a corporate kiss-ass. Look, part of that might be because, historically, customers have often looked down on the service industry. Hospitality, in our case. Everybody thinks they can do what we do. It's the easiest job in the world, right? A five-year-old, or maybe a machine, could do what we do. Is that a fair comment? And, as I've said many a time to customers over the years... In my head, of course, never to their face, while still adopting a demeanour reserved for the type of person that lived in the basement of the Titanic. Yes, I'm sure you can do what I do. You're absolutely right, madam. How hard can it be? I am here to serve, and I know my place. What, you used to run a bar? Of course you did. What, you did it in your spare time while studying open-heart surgery and saving the fucking pandas? Wow. Very impressive. Good for fucking you. I'm so going to hell with my language. Actually, maybe I'm not, because technically I was swearing in my head, so it doesn't really count, does it? Yeah. So then I go on sarcastically to say, still in my head, of course, go on then, do what I do. Jump behind the bar or jump on the floor. Do it now. Night after night, six, seven days a week on your feet for ten hours plus at a time, getting abused, dealing with complaints, drunks and smug sods like you, developing varicose veins, backache, headache and fucking arsehake. Now, why don't you go and do that 
every week, maybe like me, for 30-odd years with a stupid smile on your face. I feel it's important to reiterate that I did all of this kind of with my eyes. Not so fucking easy now, is it, madam? I really shouldn't talk to my wife that way. I'm kidding. I just want to see if you are still with me. My wife is still my greatest achievement, and always will be. You didn't need to know that, but... Anyway, and besides, I would never talk to her that way, because I've always enjoyed my testicles attached to my body. So, the customer thinks he or she can do what we do. I think that's been established. However, now the customer and many venue owners are starting to believe that a machine can do the staff member's job. But are they right? Now, our industry is built on customer service, obviously. Actually, maybe not so obviously anymore. It's starting to feel a lot less these days, don't you think so? The other day, I had a quick look um, at the word hospitality in the dictionary. And nowhere does it say in the dictionary, or any other hospitality book for that matter, Hospitality. You shall be greeted by a machine, and you as the customer won't have to speak to any member of staff, and the staff member won't have to acknowledge you, the customer, or speak to you. How about that? No, it's about the hospitality and greeting of people, whether we know them or not. That's what the definition roughly translates to anyway. Try this. So you, as a customer, enter a bar. You sit at a table, then download the bar menu to your phone. Click on an item, let's say a beer. Then somebody delivers that beer to your table. They may speak to you, they may not. Do you like that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Either way, do you really think that's hospitality? Doesn't seem very hospitable to me. What do you think? Now I have a bit of a theory on this. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Hang on, let me have a little little sip of my, uh, my grown-up beverage. Don't judge me. I don't really care if you do judge me. Look, you may disagree with me, and to be honest, I kind of hope you do, so that we can start a conversation, have a debate, possibly exchange ideas and opinions. It's a lot healthier than you may think. Beats living in a bubble anyway. What do you say? I know I'm potentially pissing against the wind here, but I still think I'm right. Or should I say, am I right? Uh, see, if you haven't listened to the intro episode, that makes no sense and sounds like I'm going mental. Just maybe next time you can join in. Anyway, let's move on. On the subject of, I'm having far too much fun doing this, aren't I? On the subject of living in a bubble, I feel that I have to include this part. A friend of mine made this wonderful comment on Facebook not so long ago. Um, she goes, this is my opinion, and if you disagree, I have nothing further to say. Then quoted something from Google that, of course, somebody else had written, followed by swiftly closing the door on the conversation. I was both horrified and smiling at the same time, because I thought, you have just totally shown all your cards and are so close-minded, almost to a degree that is reserved for religious people. When you disagree with someone the situation can often then result in a compromise, a coming together, if you will, and potentially a better outcome to suit all parties. So be open, communicate and talk. Sounds obvious, right? Well, you know, no Google, 
Yes, it's a machine, even though you might think it's your friend and has the appearance of another body part. Just you and the person next to you, talking and chewing the fat, as my mum used to say. As disgusting as that may sound, I think it was a popular saying. It still may well be. Anyway, I'm not saying abolish machines. Of course I would. Why would I say that? That would be stupid. We should welcome them. However, not at the expense of humans going backwards. Like all these pieces on, let's be honest, I have not plucked data from the internet or my arse supporting my facts to validate my argument. It's my argument and my opinion, not somebody else's. I don't need a machine to tell me I'm right or wrong. I believe what I believe, but I'm also incredibly happy to be wrong. I actually like being wrong. My day is far more interesting when I need correcting. I don't think that at the time. Not always, but it's true. When was the last time you were wrong and admitted it openly? Yeah, it's different, isn't it? If you are constantly referring to your machine for validation, then sooner or later, you become. It's like saying, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. You see what I'm getting at here? See what's happening? Also, when was the last time you had a genuine, original thought? That's a horrible question, isn't it? Now, if you don't agree with somebody, you usually, these days, just jump straight on your phone in the hope of proving them wrong. But was it your thought? Was it your opinion? No, it was the machine talking. Why is the machine correct? Do you value your machine's opinion over a human one? Also, people seem to have this notion that if they prove somebody wrong, then they are smarter. I'm really not sure how that works. So, if this is the direction that we are heading in, does that make the machines more credible? Human being number 456, that's you by the way. You're just a number. Again, it's coming. As stated a moment ago, it's okay to be wrong. I think I was wrong once. It was about tea time, June 1986. Jesus Christ, man, I'm wrong 10 times a day. Who gives a shit? All that probably means is I'm learning something new 10 times a day. Well, hopefully anyway. Are you open enough to be wrong? The opinions I share with you come from somebody who has spent, I would say, ooh, I think it's about a million years in the industry. Uh, about the same time going out to bars, venues, and a little bit longer than probably most of you existing on the planet, observing, dealing with people, and having life experiences. By the way, that, that ain't showing off. I wish it wasn't that way. I would very much like to be younger than everybody. I'd actually pay good good money for that. (laughs) I know people also like quoting from their phone, but for me, it really doesn't matter what Buddha or Steve Jobs said. Last time I looked, neither of those gents knew how to make a damn good margarita or deal with a drunk and annoyed patron whose hotel room's Wi-Fi doesn't work. Actually, scrap that. Steve Jobs would be pretty useful at dealing with the Wi-Fi thing. But you know what I mean. At this point, you may be thinking, are we actually still talking about machines? Well, yeah. Yes, we are. However, as you may have figured out by now, I do tend to take the scenic route when getting to a point. Fuck it, why not? We're just chatting, aren't we? Communicating, you know. Tell me something. Who do you think you should listen to? Would it be the supercharged life coach guru with 
zero industry experience, sporting a pair of slightly too tight beige chinos and a rather snug and equally too short jacket. With a pocket square, of course, because the guy in politics store said, it makes a statement, mate. Or perhaps the hospitality expert who spent two years behind a bar and then went into recruitment. How about, just for fun, somebody who's actually lived the life you are living or possibly going to live? A person that has had some failures and some successes? Someone that could advise you and steer you in the right direction and prevent you from possibly doing something wrong by shouting in your ear, Don't fucking do it! That last one was me, by the way. So, who is the best person to advise? To be honest, there actually is no wrong answer here. I mean, I know who I would listen to. However, you can and you should listen to all opinions. Just be careful of the Billy Bullshitters and the con men. You know, the people who haven't really done it or can't do it, so they just talk about it. Also, I don't want your money. Just your attention now and again might be fine. Just so I don't feel lonely. Just be careful of all the coaches or so-called teachers that just quote data from other people, which in their head then gives them some bizarre association with that person. Let's not forget, there was a person not so long ago in the USA, you may remember, enjoyed chicken, great tan. He had an enormous amount of conviction when he spoke. This person also had little experience in what they were attempting to do. People still believe that individual. And I think we all know how that turned out, don't we? Tell you something else, he will be back. Hang on a minute. Didn't a movie character say that once? Some machine. Huh? Oh no, it'll come to me. These kinds of people suck you in. It's like a cult. No, 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 no. I did say cult. As I said, I'm having too much fun doing this, aren't I? Listen to opinions. Then throw out the shit that isn't for you. I'm going off-road again, aren't I? Come on, you have to allow me a little digress every now and again. I tell you, you're going to have to get used to this, me, because I have nearly 40 years of hospitality nonsense sloshing around in my tequila-filled shaved head. Besides, nobody said this was going to be Shakespeare. Fuck it. At least I write my own stuff. Sorry, Bill. Oh, that was so bad. Back to the machines, specifically the ones on the tables. Now, of course, there are many benefits to this, where you can tap your credit card, place your order, without moving an inch. Sounds good to me. No, it fucking doesn't. I hate it. I actually really hate it. This idea certainly worked really well when COVID kicked in. Less people at the bar, less people walking and standing around. But let's face it, it was starting to happen anyway. COVID just made excellent use of it. I remember when I had my last venue, It was a bar. There was another bigger venue next door that started trialling the tap menu thing on the table. By the way, just as another little digress, that venue, the bigger one that we're talking about, when they introduced the tap machine on the table for customers to obtain drinks, something happened. Can you guess what it might have been? That's right. Top of the class to all the people listening who said RSA. As a side note, to people listening outside Australia, RSA does not mean responsible service of arseholes. Just substitute the word arsehole with alcohol, and then it will make more sense. Although saying that, 
Anyway, I witnessed some truly horrific things in that venue. I don't want to go into too much detail about this, so let's simplify it and tell you what happened. So, what have we got? Tap machine on table equals jugs of beer ordered by customer. Hooray! Sorry, that's cheap happy hour jugs of beer, by the way. Even fucking bigger hooray. Plus the customer not going to the bar, because they just obviously tapped at the table. Plus that customer who didn't go to the bar, so now not standing up for the bartender to assess if there was any signs of intoxication. Equals, well, you kind of knew. You figured it out before it even started, didn't you? Yeah, the machines are brilliant, but it's like solving a problem with one hand and then creating a bigger one with the other. The general manager was always trying something new, and in this case, he was trying to cut staff costs and be more efficient. Fair enough, some will say. Nothing wrong with that. But I don't know if he halved his wage bill, but he certainly halved how many customers were in the venue. Overnight, it wasn't the same place. The atmosphere went so far down the toilet, he had to call a plumber. I'm really, really sorry for that one. That was rubbish. An old boss of mine tried the same trick about 10 years ago. He was so pissed off with staff and the costs associated with them, probably more relevant now to be fair, that he had this idea of chopping everything down to the bare bones and attempting to automate everything. He chopped the wine list, the menu items, and of course his biggest pain in the arse, the staff, because it had to be somebody's fault, didn't it? Now, Before he did this, the place was absolutely kicking. You couldn't get a table. However, after he had his little epiphany, five months later, done. He closed the door. For me, his biggest mistake, he got rid of people. The staff and the customers. A fucking magician couldn't have made people disappear that quickly. Eight years to build it. Five months to fuck it up. This industry needs people. Simple as that. The real ones, of course, but we can get to that a little bit later. Now, I'm not saying the electronic menu on the table isn't useful, and of course, some people really like it for many different and justifiable reasons. However, the staff now all hide behind the bar. There is no interaction and no connection with the customer. I'm certainly not saying that the staff are becoming machine-like. Hang on a minute. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, from the boss's perspective, the less the staff do, the less they are needed. We know what happens next, don't we? Like many things that happened during COVID, we didn't ask for them, but they have become the norm, the part of everyday life. Tapping on a machine to place an order being one, working from home being another, etc., etc., Both, in my opinion, are terrible for our industry and most certainly not good for the staff member. For me, it's a little like, and again, using COVID as an example, people started working from home because they had to. But then it happened. Some people liked it and some companies liked it a lot. Lower overheads, no more high city property rents. Now, we all know what the repercussions for that situation were. Less people in the city, meaning less people are coming to bars, restaurants and cafes. To a degree, that's what's happening with the tap order system on tables. We use them because we kind of had to, but then they stayed. People got lazy. They didn't want to come to the bar and order anymore. It was like a toy, like like a new gimmick. 
And as suggested earlier, yes, it worked for COVID. No menus uh, means no people touching something that somebody else has just touched. I totally get it. I just hope that when this is all over, if it's ever over, that people will go back to the hard copy menu. Not 100%, but just as an option. I'm quite sure that they have done studies that suggest that a venue needs less staff because of said machines. However, personally, and I'm sure that you have figured this out by now, I am not a fan, and I will go out of my way to avoid them. I just worry not so much that the machines will replace the traditional menu, but that they will replace the traditional human being. It's becoming a genuine concern for me, as it should for you. So, in part two of Rise of the Machines, I will give you some examples to back up my opinions, and maybe we will meet our own Terminator. I, I don't know why I said maybe. We will, because I kind of wrote it, and I'm saying it. So, I will see you very soon. Or dare I say, I'll be back. Like I was never going to use that line. So, there it is. You've been listening to the very first episode of Let's Be Honest. I will see you next time for episode uh, two uh, of Rise of the Machines. In the meantime, please subscribe, follow, share, and tell the world well, you've mates anyway. Your homework? None. Why would there be homework?